Good morning. Can I get a honk? Hey, hey, hey! All right, I like that. This is going to be fun. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I am here now for our first week together. I'm very excited to be here with all of you um, and thankful to be outdoors um, with this beautiful weather. I hope that uh, I hope we can continue to have this for a lot of Sundays for as many that we need to be utilizing this setup. Um, couple of quick things. Um, I'm going to be meeting with Staff Parish uh, tomorrow night, and part of that meeting, we're going to look and find ways to uh, see if we can do some small in-person gatherings here at the church using our social distancing, um, but that you guys could come and get to know me and meet me and ask questions and all that fun stuff. Uh, normally, we would do that like at somebody's house or something, but obviously right now we can't, so... Um, I'm going to be working with them to figure out how we can best do that, and then we'll do like sign-up sheets or something. So um, keep an eye on your email and phone calls and stuff, and we'll let you know when we've got that all sorted. Um, do we have other announcements? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's get on with our worship service. Good morning, and welcome to Pastor Michael. Will you all please join me? I know you can't stand up, but please join me in the call to worship. Give praise to God. Praise the Lord, for it is God who saves. It is God who forgives. It is God who delivers. Give thanks, thanks and, and praise, praise to, to the, the Lord. Lord. The opening hymn this morning is My Hope is Built, and it's on it. In your with your bulletin. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When darkness fails his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. Every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. Way. He then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness. 
righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. If you would join me in our opening prayer. O God, who is our strength, you have protected us from those who would seek to oppress us. You have shielded us from those who would seek to destroy the good gifts you have put in us. Your love and power never fail. Thanks and praise to you, our safety and stronghold. We exalt you, O God, majestic in holiness, for there is none like you. Amen. The first scripture this morning is Isaiah 1, verses 16 through 18. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. And our second scripture reading is Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which, indeed, you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, Give thanks to God the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. And you say, Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite you now to a time of silent prayer and contemplation, uh, lifting the things in your hearts and minds that you would give to God today.
I invite you to join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, we come before you this day with the many things that are in our hearts and our minds that we are lifting quietly to you. Lord, we also want to lift to you prayers for all of those who are being affected by this pandemic. Those who are sick, those who are working so hard to help find a cure or at least to give comfort and healing to those who have been afflicted by it. We give thanks for those who are working so hard to help keep resources available to us, the essential workers in so many industries. God, we ask that you would continue to walk with us in this time. Help us to find a way to get this turned around. We long to be in connection with one another in a physical sense, not just in the ways that we have found during this time, but help us to make good decisions in our actions until we can find a way to be rid of this virus. We also lift up our nation and all the nations of the world who are undergoing unrest. We ask that you would help everyone to see each other as loved children of God Help us to treat one another as we would like to be treated. We also give you thanks on this July 4th weekend for the independence that we celebrate of our country. We are thankful for how far our country has come in what is really a very short time in comparison to the history of this world. We are thankful for the freedoms that we enjoy, and we are especially thankful for those who have given their lives, their time, and their energy to ensure those freedoms and to keep us safe. We lift all of those who serve in the military and other protective services, including police and firefighters. God, we ask that you would please keep them safe and strong and for those who are far away, we ask that they might return home soon, that we could see an end to conflict in our world. We also lift up prayers for all of the oppressed, those who are not being treated fairly for the injustices that still exist in this world. God, we ask that you would help us to never turn a blind eye to these things, but instead to rally behind those people who are so desperately in need of support. Your son taught us that we are called to care for the oppressed, the orphaned, the widow. Help us to live into that calling. Again, we lift all of these things as well as those that we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds this day and give them to you, O oh God. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn is number 98, To God Be the Glory.
redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer, the promise of God, the vilest defender, who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done, and great are rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But pure and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Our next scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not, play, could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he, then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then the Lord summoned him and said, You wicked slave! I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
you would join me again in an attitude of prayer. Holy and loving God, despite our failings and sin, you continue to forgive and love us. You loved humanity enough to send your only son to save the world. And he brought not only salvation to the world, but also his teachings on how we should treat one another and live our lives in accordance with you. Help us to follow his example of love and forgiveness for one another. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, here we are. The first Sunday with a new pastor. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I know some of you be, may be feeling very excited. What new things are going to happen? But I also know that some of you may be feeling a little worried or scared or anxious. Again, about what new things are going to happen. Sorry, I just see myself knocking that over. And let's face it, change can be a scary thing. I know last, uh, last time you guys went through a pastoral change, it was probably scary, exciting, and all those same things too. You know, and as humans, we tend... We tend to resist change because when change happens, that means that maybe we're not fully in control. We can see our resistance to this kind of thing. It incurs everywhere in our media community and around the larger world. Every four years, our country holds an election for the office of President of the United States. And to the best of my knowledge, no one has ever been elected with 100% of the vote. And when we look at the immediate aftermath of an election, whether presidential or even at the lower levels, there are those who are ecstatic about the person elected and what they think that's going to mean. And then there are others who are not very pleased with a new change or maybe a continued uh, person, depending on if they're serving a second term or whatever. But even a change as small as moving a piece of furniture in your home to a new spot can lead to unrest. And if you're not careful, some stubbed toes or banged knees. What is it about change that we seem to fear so much? Is it really just the inconvenience or stubbed toes? Well, in the case of a new pastor, I think it's a little bit more than that. New pastors add and remove things from a worship service. They pick weird songs that nobody's ever heard before, even though they're in the hymnal. They move stuff, like physically move stuff. They're just kind of different. And all of these things, all of these differences mean that, that sometimes the important things to us in our churches and in our worship services can get lost or changed. These are things that are part of our identity, of who we are. And when they're changed, then our identity is changed. Our history is changed. 
we are changed. And again, that can be scary. But I'm not here just to talk about change with all of you. I do not bring all of this up about change because I'm going to drop something huge on you. I promise that's not my intention. I was paying very close attention when I was in seminary about how to initiate change when it makes sense to make change in a congregation. I don't believe that change for change's sake is a good practice in a congregation and in a church. So I promise I'm not about to say, by the way, we're moving the church down the road or something. So nothing like that. Actually, this morning, we are starting a new sermon series titled, Hello, My Name Is. And through the next four weeks, I'm going to be preaching on some of my favorite uh, passages from Scripture to help you get to know me a little bit better, how I understand faith and love and God and humanity's relationship with God and one another. So instead of change, today I really want to talk to you about forgiveness. It's not always an easy topic, or a reality for that matter, in, in which to operate. But it is one that many people have offered their thoughts and opinions on over the years. For instance, Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power of love. There is some good news in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. It's pretty powerful. Or what about American author... Maureen Williamson, who once wrote that forgiveness is not always easy. At times it feels more painful than the wound we suffered to forgive the one that inflicted it. And yet, there is no peace without forgiveness. Dutch-American television personality and former, former model Yolanda Hadid was once quoted as saying, I believe forgiveness is the best form of love in any relationship. It takes a strong person to say they're sorry and an even stronger person to forgive. Now, in our second reading for today from Paul's epistle to the Colossians, Paul is again trying to help instruct and encourage a congregation on how to live into the teachings of Jesus Christ. This epistle is actually attributed to both Paul and to Timothy, who was an early Christian evangelist and the first Christian bishop of Ephesus. Paul was a mentor to Timothy and would often entrust him with very important work. Timothy would become Paul's disciple and later his constant companion and even co-worker in preaching and teaching as they traveled to evangelize. Now in verse 13, the church in uh, Colossus is told, Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So right here, the church, and now us today, we are told very clearly that we need to forgive each other, just like God forgives us. You may notice that the language here from Paul and Timothy echoes the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught the disciples. Now in our third reading for today from Matthew's Gospel, we heard about forgiveness as Jesus spoke with Peter and the other disciples. Peter asks Jesus, 
how many times he should forgive someone who has sinned against him. And Peter even offers a suggestion of seven times to forgive someone. Seven. Now to give you a little bit of background on why Peter might even ask this question of Jesus, because it, it seems a little maybe out of the way, we need to know what was going on with the disciples at this time. There was most likely a recent dispute where Peter had been some kind of object of special envy by the other disciples. And Peter tended to be pretty forward in continually answering for all of the other disciples, which caused some tension. Not that that ever happens in a church or in a group of people. And as insinuations were perhaps made over and over again, Peter wanted to know just how often and how long he had to stand it. But in a way, can you blame him? I want you to take a moment and think about someone in your life, someone that you love very much, maybe a spouse, a child, a parent, a friend, a sibling, and think about how many times just this past week that you forgave them, whether out loud to their face or maybe just quietly in your own heart. Chances are that if we followed Peter's suggestion of just seven times, we'd soon run out of people in our lives who would be forgivable. Our lives would be empty of loved ones, and I think as a whole, the world would become a pretty miserable and lonely place in ways that we could only imagine. And what about our world today? Where do we see the message of forgiveness portrayed? I'll be honest, I don't feel like it often comes up in popular culture, or at least not as much as maybe I'd like to see it. We only need to turn on the television to many of the competition reality shows like Big Brother or maybe even some of the other reality shows like The Real Housewives to find a much different message than forgiveness. Although for those of you who are unfamiliar with Yolanda Hadid, who I quoted earlier, she starred on one of the Real Housewives shows before, so maybe there is still some hope there. But to be honest, from my experience, one of the primary messages in many of those shows is revenge and retaliation, and definitely not forgiveness. Even in many of the cooking competition shows that I personally love and enjoy, the need to win seems to trump any sense of forgiveness for others. And not that we should be taking our cues for living from television shows, but it, it does kind of say something about maybe where some of our priorities are over the priorities that God has. It seems that any time anyone feels wronged in any way by another, the first thoughts are revenge and retribution. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch these types of television shows or you should not seek justice, not at all. It just seems to me that forgiveness often gets a little lost in our world. Peter talked about forgiving someone seven times. It sounds to me like the world Peter lived in is not much different than our own today in many respects. But when we look at what Jesus responds to Peter with, we find not only hope, but a very important lesson. Jesus says to Peter, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. And actually, there are other translations of this passage that it uh, says 70 times seven, which would be almost 500 times. 500 times. 
That's way more than all these fingers right here. 500 times. I mean, I think, I think we're going to have to start carrying around some big notebooks or binders full of paper to keep track of that many times to forgive people. Maybe there's an app for that. Seems like a decent business opportunity. But that's not what Jesus meant. His point was that we should always forgive. We should always forgive each other and not to try and keep track of or stop forgiving one another. Did you know that the words forgive, forgiveness, forgiven, and forgiving appear almost 150 times in Scripture? It seems to be something of a reoccurring theme. And as I mentioned earlier, Jesus even includes it in the Lord's Prayer. He teaches to the disciples in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke using the words, forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us. Probably safe to assume that is where Paul was drawing from in that epistle to the Colossians. But did you notice something there? Jesus makes an important distinction in that statement. Forgive us as we forgive others. We are asking God to forgive us for all the things that we've done wrong just as we forgive others who have done wrong to us. So then logic would dictate that if we do not forgive others, how could we possibly, possibly ask God to forgive us? If we're not willing to forgive the sins of others that they have committed against us, we are not only failing to follow the teachings of Jesus, but then we're also failing to even try to live our lives as Jesus lived. So I stand here before you this morning as your new pastor. We are in a unique place in this congregation's history. And even though people sometimes have the idea that because you are a pastor, you are somehow perfect or do not make mistakes, I am here to tell you that is not true. I know it's incredibly shocking. Just like you, I am human and I sin. I make mistakes. I really do, I promise. I have said things that I don't really mean and wish I could take back. I have sworn when I cut myself doing home improvement work or when someone has cut me off in traffic. And if you remember me telling you before that I am from the Chicagoland area, I used to drive in rush hour traffic every day for several years into the city of Chicago. You can imagine how often that happened. I have hurt people. I have caused pain in others. And I regret those actions every single day. And I pray for forgiveness not only from God, but from the people that I have sinned against. And there will come a time, I promise you this, that I will say or do something that will upset or hurt each and every one of you. It's going to happen. I will forget your name. I will fail to recognize a contribution that you have made to this church or this community. I will forget an anniversary or a birth date. I will forget to make a phone call. I will sin against you at some point because I am human and I am flawed. And I also promise that those sins and those failings will not be done with malice or evil intent. But they will happen and I hope 
in those moments, you will be able to forgive me. Something else that I know from my time in ministry and just in life is that there will be moments that each and every one of you will sin against me as well. Maybe you'll say something hurtful or do something to be disruptive to the ministry work that we're doing here and I'm attempting to lead you in. Because just like me, you too are human and have not yet moved on to perfection. And I also believe that those sins will not be done with malice or with evil intent. But again, they will happen. And I'm promising you right now, in this moment, together today, that in those times, when those things happen, I will forgive you. Because that is what Jesus has taught us and called us to do. Throughout the New Testament, in the teachings of Jesus, he challenges and calls his disciples and followers, as well as us today, to be different than the dominant culture of the day. He calls us to care for each other, to forgive each other, to love each other. Jesus calls us to change the world in which we live through our actions and how we live our lives. Just think for a moment about how this world could be, how much better it could be. If we all, and I don't mean just those of us present here, but I mean everywhere, forgave and love each other the way Jesus forgives and loves us. So in a little bit, when you leave this space today, which Rick is going to remind you to make sure that we go out in an orderly manner so there's no accidents. But as you, when we get to that point, I'd like you to take with you something, a challenge, a request. And you're going to find that I do this uh, often. My, my challenge to you, my request to you is to forgive. Forgive one another and also forgive yourself. And that's an important part of this challenge, this request I'm giving you. Forgive yourself. God calls us to forgive, and if God forgives us, we need to also then be willing to forgive ourselves. And follow the words of Jesus, and always let forgiveness lead your heart. It won't always be easy. In fact, a lot of times it's going to be very hard. I'm sure many of you already know that. As humans, we are flawed. And we commit sins against each other. And it's normal to be angry, to want to hold a grudge, to get revenge. It's part of being human. But let us try always and do our best to live like Jesus did and forgive one another. Amen. you would join me now in our response to the world through our affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, 
and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God is unfailing in blessing and love. With thankful hearts, let us offer up to God a portion of what God has given us. Oh God, we thank you for these gifts. Multiply them and enable the work of love and righteousness of your kingdom in the world. We thank and praise you. Amen. Our, uh, our last song is going to be number 378, Amazing Grace.
that the next item in your bulletin is pound the pastor well don't fear we are not going to touch the pastor um, back in the days when pastors were paid with chickens and eggs and things like that rather than money when a new pastor would come to town um, they would have what is called a pounding and people in the congregation would bring a pound of sugar, a pound of flour, a pound of butter to help the new pastor and their family um, get their pantry started and that kind of thing. Well, this year with times not being normal, um, we couldn't have a dinner or a coffee hour or anything like this for the new pastor and his family. So we all got together and bought some things that would help them um, get their pantry started and some treats for the boys and some, um, some things, some tokens of our, of our goodwill. Um, would you please have a moment of prayer with me for our new pastor and his family? Dear Lord, we pray that you will bless Pastor Michael and Sarah and AJ and DeAndre and that their time here with us will be a fun and happy time in their life and that together we'll be able to do great things for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a little overwhelmed. Thank you. They're not excited, but, you know. He's already breaking into the fruit snacks. He's good. You guys, uh, you definitely found the easy way to this one's heart. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> for our benediction, walk in the strength and confidence that God guides your feet. Therefore, live for God. Show mercy and love one another. May the God who protects and defends keep you in safety, mercy, and love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace. And all together, amen.